Hello, I am Matthew. Oh my god, my name is Douglas. Hi, I'm Malavika. And you're listening to Go, Go International. International! On this show, we'll be interviewing our international friends. Find out more about their home countries and perceptions of Singapore. Since you can't travel physically, why not travel through their experiences? On Radio, Radio Pulse, the, the sound of NUS! Hi everyone, welcome back to Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS, and you're listening to another episode of Go International! Ooh. My name is Douglas, and with me here today are... Malaveka And Matthew, back again. <laughs> and we are your hosts for today's episode. Now today, we have a really special guest, okay? He's even more international than the previous guest that we had. Um, he, I think he has multiple... He's been to multiple... He stayed in multiple countries before. Um, and he is a multi-ethnic person. But more of that later when we actually get him to spill more tea about himself. So what have you guys been up to? Well, it's week six, so... Basically preparing for midterms, submitting assignments and the usual works. What about you, Matthew? Okay, for me, I've been preparing uh, my student exchange program. So I've been spending the whole week trying to find uh, modules and friends to go with. So it's been stressful. It's been stressful. How about you, Douglas? Um, it's been super, super stressful because okay, I know everyone says it's stressful, but I really, really am very stressed because, you know, like um, all my assignments are due tomorrow and and but but luckily i have uh you know when i asked for extensions i have the okay i, I know it's a bit bad to say this but my my grandma like passed away so oh, no. i can oh, use that no. as an excuse to like say hey prof can i have an extension and then they're like just like oh yeah yeah sure 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 and then they just give it to me yeah which is great but also a bit sad but it's okay oh yeah okay man. Yeah. yeah it's okay i'm good but um What's last week we had a, a really interesting guest, right? His name was uh, Momo. Like, what's what's some of the biggest takeaways that that you guys have? So I think personally, one of the things that really caught my eye was the security and safety issues of South Africa. Like, I think it, I was really surprised when I heard they had to have like army personnel with them to go to the mall and submit an appeal the day before and stuff. That was really cool. Uh, what about you, Matthew? Um, I, I think it's very interesting that how he says like how he learns la- learns languages like he learns through immersing himself in the culture and I really didn't really think of that you know, I always thought that you know you could learn a language just by sitting in a class with a teacher asking you to repeat words so I felt that was very interesting and I did use that point of immersing myself to learn a new language in my SEP so thank you Momo for that <laughs> oh what language are you learning? Um, I'm applying to Scandinavia- Scandinavian countries so Whoa. like Sweden Swedish or Norwegian yeah so hopefully that you know um, by that immersing myself in the culture can actually increase my um, my chances yeah Douglas you? I think one of the actually what what he we talked about like state with me that I was thinking about it throughout the whole week right and it's this Mm -hmm. idea of you know being a a cosmopolitan citizen I mean you know I think most of us have um, for most of us it's quite normal to have a very strong sense of belonging national belonging to one Mm -hmm. um, area to feel rooted you know but when you're you know such an international and cosmopolitan citizen like like Momo right you don't really have any particularly strong ties to anywhere you know uh, you know he said that he was born in um, Tunisia Tunisia, yeah was born in Tunisia (laughs) Um, you know, spent a little bit of his childhood there, but then he moved to America, he moved to South Africa, and then he came all the way to Singapore, and he spent um, quite a considerable amount of time in, you know, in each country. And I just, it's such a strange and alien, yet interesting concept to be part of everywhere, but nowhere at the same time, mm-hmm. if you know no. what I mean. Like, truly a citizen of, of the globe. And I think, you know, as as a Singaporean, you know, who is 
always been taught, oh, the five national values and stuff like that. It's, it's, and it was always lived my whole life here. It's a very interesting concept to grapple with. And something that, you know, I am considering maybe for myself, and I'm sure that we have considered for ourselves as well, right? Can, can we bring ourselves to leave home for better pastures? Are we able to face uncertainties? You know, so mm-hmm. I, I think that that's something that, that really stuck with me and something that, I've been thinking about, you know, the whole week, especially since, you know, I'm, it's not, I don't have that much time left to graduate and, and find a job. Yeah, I think and another great point that I learned from Momo is, um, I know a lot of international students often grapple with their identity. You know, they, they're not rooted to one place, so they can't identify with one country or one culture. But Momo was very certain of his like Tunisian roots and he was very much rooted in his like culture. And I thought that was very that was very different from a lot of other international students I've met. So yeah, that's another interesting point adding on to that. Yeah. I think last week he said something very interesting about Singapore being a very efficient country. I think that's something that I found very interesting because I'm pretty sure that we Singaporeans don't think of our country being an efficient country. We take it actually for granted, right? So he did mention about how we have like PayLa and everything. Like if he, if he just needs a like he, he just needs to, you know, just transfer money and you know, it's it's that simple. And you know, it's kind of interesting to see that we we use it in our daily life, but we don't realize that, hey, wow, it's actually that efficient. Oh hey, our technology is actually that I, that uh, advanced compared to like maybe as as I say, as he said last week Tunisia you know and yeah and I felt that like it was nice to see um, his perspective of things considering you know we 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 lived it our whole life yeah but I, I think it's also interesting to note that you know even though he pointed out and and he did praise Singapore for being a uh, very efficient he also did. Um, highlight an important point which, which I think is quite salient so that mm. you know with efficiency comes certain trade-offs right and, yeah. and those trade-offs that he mentioned was um, this like in, in a way like a stifling environment or like a, mm. a very a regular economy, transactional yeah. and very regulatory environment I think he, I mean speaking from his personal experience he also talked about you know the way that that sort of a culture trickles down even to NUS like the way that security guards try to stop him right. all yeah, the yeah, time yeah. and he just you know <laughs> like d- d- defies them so I think that's quite interesting. I mean, even though Tunisia isn't a, a very um, transactional or, or um, you know, uh, regulatory environment, and even though it's not, it's less, it may be less efficient or slower, you know, it's 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 a give or take, you know, you may have a slow pace of life, you, you know, feel a bit more free, a, a bit less mm. stifling. So I, I think it's, it's really up mm. to, you know, people to decide which Definitely. they want for themselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, I mean, it's week six and I'm sure we're all stressed. So how about we talk about what made us happy this week? So Matthew, do you want to go first? Okay, this may sound very weird, but um, Coldplay, which is my favorite band, has announced a collaboration with BTS, which is also my favorite Whoa, band. Whoa, so I didn't actu- hear of that. So it's actually uh, out next week, next Friday. So I guess that's something that really made me happy because in a way, like I haven't heard a Coldplay song in a while. And going together with my favorite K-pop band, BTS, is like, I guess it's like a match made in heaven and yeah, I'm super excited for that. Douglas, you? I think one of the, I mean, this may sound a little bit lame, but one of the things that made me really happy was, you know, spending hours um, filling up the administrative process for my SCP. I think, oh, for, for context, SCP stands for Student Exchange Program. It's it's something that, you know, it's, it's offered to many NUS students and, and luckily, um, I booked mine, I registered mine for year 372, which is next semester. So I do have, fortunately, a very, a higher chance of going touch wood, you know, touch wood. <laughs> but I finished all the applications. I finished the, all the the tedious bureaucratic work, and I 
sent it in and I felt so happy to just think about and look forward to going to York in the UK next time. Oh, I can feel oh, nice. The submission process. Yeah. A click of the button. <sighs> the relief that relief. follows, yeah. Know, right? Dude, you know, I'm seeing my friends' IG stories. Like, they're, they're studying in the UK and I see them mm. going around without masks, like clubbing in yeah. a room full of like hundreds of sweaty people. <laughs> like, what is that even... Yeah, so I think for me, uh, what made me the most happy was I finally finished my show, Modern Family. Ooh. It's the best show ever. I'm in love with it. And so um, the ending was sad, but I think um happy that I finished it, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you guys have any, you know, countries that you're thinking of going to in the future? Like when this pandemic's over? Well, I really want to visit London. I think Ooh. it's such a... I think it's such a vibrant city and I think I would definitely have a great time there. What about you, Matthew? I want to go to Egypt, actually. Because <laughs> actually, um, my, my father is going to work there soon um, for a while. So he said he will bring me along when this COVID situation is over because I really enjoy like having pyramids, seeing the Sphinx and all these history, historical places that, you know, you know, I... It's something that I feel like something's very in- interesting. And yeah, seeing those mummies and seeing those um, interesting hieroglyphics. I have think you, that's something. Have you been to Egypt before? No, actually? I haven't. That's why I oh. really, really want to try. Yeah, you've been to Egypt? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's the only image that we have in our minds. Yeah. So like, I'm pretty sure it's very different from that. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, careful not to exoticize it. Yeah. Much, okay. I guess. That, that guess yeah. how about you? Um... I mean, since I'm already going to the UK, right? I mean, I I probably wouldn't count that in. But like, I think one place that I'd like to explore um, is going to Taiwan. Because, Mm. you know, I've been to Taiwan before with... um, Okay, shout out to Enya's Rovers. But um, Enya's Rovers is like a a trekking group. And sometimes we do overseas trips as well. Mm. And I actually went with them to Taiwan like a couple of years ago. And I really enjoyed myself there Mm. because it was so cheap. It was, it was so cheap. And the food is so good, and right? And it's so good. And, and I mean, now as a student with like student finances, you know, I'm a bit strapped on cash. So I think Taiwan is definitely one of the places. Because it, if I'm funding it myself, then my parents don't really have like control over my itinerary. And mm. I, I think I'd love to go somewhere that's like cheap and safe and fun at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So um, what about, um, you know, like, International foods. Are, are you? Do you guys like international foods? Are yeah. you craving anything particularly? I mean, honestly, well, it's not international, but I think in terms of craving food, I've just been craving truffle fries a lot. Oh I love truffle fries. So I've been, <laughs> yeah. So I know in PS Cafe, uh, they have really amazing truffle fries. They're really big and they're quite expensive. So I've been trying to get friends to go along with me. What about you guys? Well, actually. I'm quite looking forward to talk to our guests about food because you know when you're from so many different places and with so many so much so much so much like a different heritage you know and you I'm, I'm sure that you must have had a lot of experience or like exposure to different kinds of of cuisine you know so that's something that I'm really looking forward to talking with our guests. What about you, Matthew? Um, I want to eat authentic Korean food. Okay, I know that NUS has Huangs, but I mean it still cannot beat like having Korean barbecue, having. Um, uh, uh, jjigae, which is kimchi stew. Uh, sorry, kimchi army stew. Actually, Korean army stew. Wait, did I say that correctly? Yeah, and yeah, and actually, like going to Korea and eating it, I think it will never beat the experience because I think Singapore can replicate it but cannot replace it. I I will put it that way. 
Yeah, okay. Anyway, I think I'll get... Actually, you know, we are all sitting here in the studio. The three of us are facing each other and our guest is just sitting right behind <laughs> us waiting to speak. And I'm sure that, you know, you're here to listen to our guest speak about <laughs> his international experience rather than hearing us, like, ramble amongst ourselves. So, um, you know, without further ado, I will introduce our guest. But please stay on because he's coming on in just a moment. But before then, see you. See you. Bye. Okay, welcome back to Go International. Okay, so today we have our guest right here right now. So maybe I'll pass it over to Douglas to introduce his friend. Right, so with us today is Felipe. And he looks very, very excited you know, to talk about himself. So take it away, Felipe. Why don't you tell us where you're from and what nationalities you have? So I was born in Argentina, but my parents are Brazilian and German. Um, I hold uh, currently like currently I hold a German passport and my other two are expired. But um I it, it's very hard it's very strange talking about myself like on the go, but I'm trying my best. <laughs> it's um I I've lived in seven different countries. I so I was born in Argentina and then I moved to Brazil and then I moved to Mexico and then I moved to Korea. And then I moved to the Czech Republic and then Germany, then Mexico again, then the U.S., and then here. Why did you move so many times? Uh, well, see, my, my dad, he works on contract, right? So every two to three years, we just move, essentially. It was basically like wherever they needed him, he would go to. I see. But, but why did you choose to study in Singapore in the end, though? I think at the end, I was living in America for the past four years, which is why I sound so American, right? Uh, and... I kind of just realized that Americans kind of got like, well, tiring after four <laughs> years, right? So I, I really wanted to go to a new place and uh, Yale and US popped up on my radar and I was like, this sounds like a nice opportunity. So, and I got in, so I just came here instead of, I was supposed to go, uh, go to uh, USC, the uh, University of Southern California, but it was a little bit like too fratty. So here I am. Well, I mean, you know, with the the, the, the closure of YNC, do you, do you regret this decision now? <laughs> Not in the slightest, actually. I mean, I really like Singapore. Like, and plus, I mean, Yelling is going to exist for the next four years, so I'm, I'm, I'm able to stick it up, bro. I mean, good enough for me. Oh, okay. Okay, so you've lived in seven countries, right? So yeah. which which one's by far, which one's your favorite? I think my my answer always, like, changes. Typically speaking, wherever I'm living, I'm like, this is the best country on earth, <laughs> right? So I was like in Mexico, and then they were like, oh, what was your favorite country that you lived in? It's like, obviously Mexico. I love Mexico so much. I lived in the U.S., and they were like, where's your favorite country? It's like, America, obviously. And now it's Singapore. So I mean, like, and uh, it's like, like the country where I'm living in currently followed, like, secondly by, like, probably Korea, and third, probably, like, Mexico. Wow. So as you said, you've lived in seven countries. So maybe, why don't we just do this? Uh, <laughs> can you describe each country you live in in one word? Hmm. Or a phrase. Works too. <laughs> let's see. Um, okay, let's start with like Argentina. Okay. I lived there for one year when I was born, so I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, Brazil, they have good meat. They have good churrascarias, uh, uh, right? Which is like, Horribly mispronounced, by the way, because I'm on air and I can't even hear myself. Which is like a, like these barbecue places where they shave off the meat, right? Mm. Oh, okay. Very nice. Um, Mexico, genuinely speaking, like 
the best food in the world. Mm. I mean, very plainly put, right? Um, Korea. I mean, what I associate Korea with most is, for some reason, this... They have this, like... Well, they had, like, back in, like, the 20-whatever, like, when I lived there, right? They had this, like, sparkly grape juice, right? Which was the best drink I've ever had in my life. And I've never been able to replicate that flavor, and it's made me so sad. So, Korea, for me, is, like, this sparkly grape juice, right? (laughs) Other than that, I mean, it's, like... It was just a very, like, cold, but, like... Like technologically advanced place to live when I was like eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, Czech Republic. Um, another thing that comes to mind is they have the biggest C4 factory there. Like the, like, you know, like the, oh, explosives. the yeah, explosives. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So whenever I think about uh, Czech Republic, it's like Prague is beautiful and amazing. I love Prague. And then also the explosive factory that's probably like a few kilometers away. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what a contrast. Uh. Uh, what else? Uh, Germany just has really good, really fattening food. Like <laughs> they have this thing that, like, I love from Germany, right? Which is like this. It's like this brick of meat called Leberkäse, which directly translates to liver cheese. But it's neither of those things. It's literally just a block of meat, right? So you put that in between two pieces of like very salty bread, and I, that's it. And when I lived in Germany, I used to eat two of those a day so that's like my so one by itself is like all your sodium like quotient for the day right (laughs) eight two so i was sodium Mm. uh and then so i already uh live i already talked about mexico and then the u.s i can have one word it's troublesome (laughs) oh okay I mean, living in America is always, like, a very stressful time because Americans are always worried about something because, like, there's always some kind of, like, political thing going on for you to, like, essentially worry about. And I lived um, throughout the entirety of, like, the Trump presidency, right? It's, like, 2016 to 2020. Mm -hmm. So it was just, like, constant, like, just, like, not even uh, tragedy, sure, but, like, just (laughs) constant, like, America. (laughs) (laughs) And Singapore really don't have any, like, descriptive phrases here yet i just like it it's nice you know like um you actually i realized that when you were using phrases or or like sentences to describe you know the various countries that you've been in one of the things that you use very frequently is like uh, like food Mm. actually so it it seems like that is like the the highlight for you so is there any particular food in singapore that you like a lot is your favorite at least what is my favorite? I mean, I think if you ask like any international, they're gonna be like, "Oh my god, I love chicken rice," <laughs> <laughs> because it's like the, like their like local friends will be like, "Oh, we have to go to a hawker center," and they're like, "What's that?" And they're gonna eat like feed you chicken rice. You're like, "Oh my god, this is the true flavors of Singapore." <laughs> I like prata a lot, like a good cheese oh, prata. Same, same. It's exquisite supper food. Have you been to supper starch actually? Of course. I mean, at this at this point, I actually I don't go to supper starch that that much anymore because I've been very like. Like, it, it requires, like, multiple people. Because if you want to be that one guy at Nikki's just sitting there eating prata by himself, that's kind of sad. Yeah, 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 that's very sad. Like, it's like, Uncle, can I have one prata, please? Like, you have any friends? No. no. Like, <laughs> like, okay. I'll give, <laughs> <laughs> give you a 20% discount because we pity you. <laughs> okay, and the most important question. Mm. Have you tried durian? Of course I love durian. You oh, love durian? Of like, course oh, I love durian. Wow. What, like, even on your first bite? On my first bite, it, it was, okay... There's a couple of foods, right, that, like, when I first came here, because I'm, I'm used to, like, a whole range of food, right? Um, but people, they look at me and they're like, 
this man has only eaten like a like a grilled chicken breast in his lifetime. It's so like my my friend, right? Ivo, right? He fed me. So he went to a hawker center. I went to a dim sum stall, right? And we got he got me like chicken feet, right? He was like, Felipe, try this. And I'm like, okay. He's like, that was chicken feet. I'm like, I know. I've had this before, <laughs> right? And he's like, oh. And then he did, he did the same thing with, um, I think it was chives. He gave me like some like kind of chive based things. Like, it's a really acquired taste. I'm like, Ivo, I know what chives are. It's like, why are you feeding me this? <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. Like, even as a Singaporean, it took me quite a while to get used to durians. Like, I hated really? durians when I was a child. Really? It's still so smelly. Don't you think they're so smelly at least? I like the smell. Oh. Yeah, I agree. The smell is not that bad. The smell is actually quite nice. You guys are no. so weird. It's not that bad. <laughs> durian smells actually quite nice. Like, surprisingly. Like, at first, you're like, what is this? Right? And, like, the first bite, like, the one thing I got about durian, right, is, like, one piece will, like, fill your stomach. And then you will have, like, like the durian burp for the rest of the day, right? Mm. But then after eating enough durian, like I'm, I'm sad that durian season's over, bro. Like I, I was like, I went to like the like the Clementi market, right? Mm-hmm. And now like the durian, like they're upcharging for durian, and it makes me very sad now. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, what's one food that you're yet to try but you really want to? One food I'm yet to try. I mean, Singapore, like Singaporean. Singaporean. Yeah. Mm. I think I've tried most things I want to try. I think there's like random dishes that you like that I do want to try. I think like one thing was like like frog leg porridge, something like that. Oh, because mm-hmm. I saw it somewhere and I was like, oh. And then also I like the food low bang places, right? No, that's more of like the like the mothership. Like, oh my god, you have to try this stall, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it's like it's usually something like it's like either like pretty like mundane but like expected, or sometimes it's like. Okay, one thing I saw was like uh, fried porridge, right? Mm. Fried porridge? Yeah. Wait, you haven't tried fried porridge? I haven't heard of it even. It's yeah. a thing. Yeah, fried porridge is a thing. It's You're spongy but fried up. what? You're making it up. No, 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 for real. How do you fry porridge? <laughs> 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 we have to ask the uncle at the stall. And he'll, then he'll tell you the secret recipe. What? I, I can't believe I that Felipe has tried more stuff than you I, guys. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I've literally never tried fried porridge. It's such a strange concept. It's, it's like... It's like when they, they told me there's such a thing as fried ice cream. I like, know, yeah. Oh, even it's such a oxy, it like a paradox. Though. You can fry rice. It's not that. It's not that surprising. The porridge is like soupy and wet. Yeah. No, it's okay. I don't. I, I don't know why. It's wet. It's like watery. How do you? Fry? It's like fire and water. <laughs> I, I I mean it's good. I mean like um I feel like Singapore foods are very very unique. And I think that's something that I'm glad that Felipe has tried. Yes, durian. Durian is good. What's your favorite, like, not to interview you, mm. but like, what's your favorite type of durian? Um, I like Mao Shanwang. I hate Mao Shanwang. Really? It's not that bad. No, it's because it's bitter. I, I like red prawn because it's sweet. I like, okay, one thing about durian, right, is I'm, I hate the durian that has like the really thick skin, right? So like when you bite into it, I want, I want that like... You want the flesh, right? No, I hate, the, I, like the, I like the flesh. I just don't like the, like the, like the weird exterior, right? Right, right. Not like the spiky part, but like, you know, you know like... like <laughs> yes, <I> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really hard to eat through the green part of the durian. Yeah, it hurts my teeth. No, it's like the, like the membrane over it, right? Right, right. I want to, I want it to just like disintegrate in my hands. Just, just pluck it out and... Exactly. Yellow flesh. Malavika, but, so how about you, your durian? Um, believe it or not, I haven't tried durian. No, get out of here, Um, Have you smelled it? Yeah, I've smelled (laughs) it. And uh, maybe that's the reason I haven't tried it. (laughs) Don't mean to be mean, but yeah, I haven't tried it. Well, you know, it seems like, you know, you've been to like so many different countries. You've literally... Mm. 
I think you've been to, you've lived in more countries than I've traveled to for a holiday, you know. So, like, what, what does it feel like to, to, to you know, li- have lived in so many places? I think, for the most part, it's, uh, it kind of becomes, like, somewhat of a blur. Because, like, the first few countries, right, it's like, oh, wow. It's like, oh, like, Brazil. And then, like, I don't remember a single thing from Brazil. I have, like, photos, right, of me dressed up as, I think my mom dressed me up as, like, Freddy Krueger for Halloween when I was like three years old, right? Wow. And I was like, why would you do that to a three-year-old? But like, that's like the like the extent of my like Brazil memories, right? I think over time it kind of becomes more of like a like I add new things to like the like like not even like the Rolodex. Like I just add new things to like the memory bank. I'm like, ah yes, I'm in this country now. This is nice. And it's kind of just like having to like readapt, I guess. Mm. Mm, but like, do you feel any? particular fondness or one place because you know like for, for me when I travel like for a very mm. long time I feel like oh I just want to go back home like th- there is a very fixed concept of what home means and it means very specific things like very specific food very specific routines you know so what does home feel like to you this is like the YNC like intro essay I think oh really <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it's a uh, home is a very like abstract concept for me right because since I've moved so much I really have um I think it's it's like a dual thing, right? I have no sense of like identity at home, of like of like a home, right? But ultimately speaking, wherever I live is my home, right? So I, I try to in, like engage with whatever country I'm living in, the like to like its fullest degree, right? Mm. So I do like for, for example, like Singapore, right? I I have it like attributed to me, like a lot of my Singaporean friends, they're like, you've traveled around Singapore more than I have, right? Because I I did this walk once uh, from uh, NUS campus to Changi Airport. Wait, wait, whoa, by feet, by foot. 45 kilometers. Wow. Oh my god. Why would you do that? Oh, you see, uh, my friend, right, we were joking for a while, like, uh, my friend David, right, he was like, Felipe, we need to go on like an endurance walk and we're like, this is Singapore, right, so like, what do we do? And he was like, we walked to Changi Airport. And then I told all my friends, right, and they were like, Felipe, you're so stupid. Like, there's no way that you could actually walk to Changi Airport. And that pure rage for them, <laughs> I couldn't do it, fueled my Challenge 40. Accepted. It was great. It was a lovely time. It was like uh, essentially me walking through like so here to Orchard and then Orchard down to East Coast Park and then through the entire East Coast Park. And then, you know, I didn't realize until the walk, right? Mm-hmm. Changi is like one fifth of Singapore's landmass. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like that's like. It's insane, right? When you think insane, about it. insane, right? Yeah. I think most of it's like reclaimed land. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. it's it, it's like I was like, oh, my God, we finally did it after like 40 kilometers. I right? like we can we can go home now. Right. And he's like, and then I saw the sign. It's like to Jewel, like seven kilometers. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) so was Jewel your end point or? Jewel was the end goal because it's like the most like, like it makes sense, right? If you go to Chung, you're not going to like get to the gate. You're going to be like, okay, I'm going to go home now. (laughs) And plus the MRT is there, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I can certainly tell that you've had a lot of exposure to Singapore. Did you know that when I was texting him to like to to, to invite him for the show, and I said, "Okay, um, it's gonna be at six thirty uh, p.m. at Thursday." You know what? He he texted you back. Okay, Ken. Like, oh! is that not the most Singaporean thing you could possibly say? I was so shocked when you said that. Did you did you pick that up from someone, or did you already just do that naturally? Cultural immersion. Wow. <laughs> no, it's uh, I think when it comes to me and like and like uh, living in different places, right? Most people they whenever I use like Singlish, right? They're like. You can't do that. You're American. I'm like, but I'm not, <laughs> right? <laughs> because like, um, I essentially I adapt my voice to wherever I'm living, right? Because I've never really had like a set accent besides the, besides the international school accent, I guess, right? Where you have like, 
you speak like an American despite your you living in like I don't know like like my friend like my friend William right he's lived in Beijing like for uh, in like Shenzhen for like most of his life right but he speaks like I, when I first met him right I was like oh this is an American man because he was like hey Felipe what's up and I'm like mm-hmm. like are you from the West Coast he's like no I'm from China I'm like oh okay so it's that international school kind of thing right mm. but I like back in the U S right. I never really picked up like the because I lived in uh, North Carolina, right? But I never picked up like the Southern accent because I I think I like forcefully refused to because I was like I am not gonna have like a Southern drawl like. So that, you don't sound Republican. <laughs> 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 uh, that's exactly it. The like, biggest I, insult of all. Exactly. Like, I don't want to go to like I want to travel to New York and I'm like, hello, can I please have a sweet? <laughs> 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 but there are some words right that I'm like. Um, like it's it, it, like it fills me with like great shame, right? Because like I say like like I'm like just like talking, and then like a, like a hint comes up. It's like I'm just gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go back to my house, and I'm like, hmm? I didn't I, d- I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> I, I I mean you. I think you lived American the longest. I would say, uh, America for four years, right? So it's like um, the longest time wise was Mexico because I lived in Mexico for three years and then another three years, so like six years totalish. Hmm. So. When you came to Singapore from a complete, like, you know, America, like, what are the biggest cultural differences that you realized? <sighs> the biggest cultural differences between Singapore and America? Um, I mean, in all honesty, the moment I came, I came from Singapore to America, right, I kind of just, like, like <laughs> dropped all preconceived notions, right? Because I'm very, whenever I move, I'm very used to that, right? Mm-hmm. Just, like, um, I'm moving to a new place, it's going to be different, and I just live my life. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest difference is just like, I, I, this is like what a controversial point. Like, in my opinion, you like meet one American, you meet all Americans, which is a gross. Uh, really? Gen- yeah. Are they very homogenous? Americans are so homogenous, no matter who it is, because like pop culture mostly. Mm. Like a lot of Americans will basically do like the same TikTok speak. They'll do the the same like essentially like what's popular, right? I thought America was supposed to be a very polarized society. Okay, I mean. Politically speaking, it's kind of like um, Americans will have their, like, it's like, it's like Republicans, like, I don't think women should have rights. And then, like, other people are like, I think women should have rights. But they like the same TikTok content. And that's, oh. like, that's kind of what comes through. Okay. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's the, essentially, like, yeah, I mean, um, coming to Singapore, I, I had no, like, no real, like, issues per se. I think the only issue was, like, when I first came in, right, you know, I was, um, I was, like, straight off, like, the, straight off the plane to SHN, right? Mm. And I was just so afraid of interacting with people because I've never been, like, this far away from my parents for, like, an extended period of time, right? And I was, like, I was in the airport in LA, like, I'm going to be alone for the very first time. <laughs> and then I got to Singapore, and the first interaction I really, really had was, like, with a guy at the, like, the V Hotel Lavender thing, right? And he was just, like, uh, it, like and like he spoke very quickly to me and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but besides that there was nothing. Did, did else. it take you a long time to to understand like Singaporean? I mean, I I don't think we speak with like very thick English, but like when you go outside of here on US, like is it difficult? Not really. I think the only difficult person I've ever encountered was this one guy who was like not even like an Abang, right? But he like like self self defined Abang, right? Like just like this random guy who would be like, I know so many like it's like you know like all like the Malaysian slang. He like just like he's like I know all of it, bro. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> is he from YNC as well? No, he was. Uh, I think he's an NUS student. Yeah, I think so. Oh. At least he, maybe Tambusu something like that. 
I bet he's from Engine. No, I'm joking. Oh, <laughs> I'm hey, joking. No shades or Engine people. <laughs> okay, I guess uh, right now we are about 20 minutes in, so I guess we will take a break for now. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Got more tea to squeeze out of him. Yes, so stay tuned. See you. Bye. And we're back from the break. So, Felipe, during the break, we were talking about, you know, moving between countries. So, how was the experience of relocating for you? Was it different each time? Did it, you know, was it, did it take a toll on you picking up your roots and putting them in a different place? I mean, uh, resettling, in all honesty, was always the same for me, like, when I was, when I was moving around. Because it's like, it's not like the idea, like, when I was younger, I think I, so, like, okay, on my YNCSA, I just lied because I said, like, I experienced the culture shock moving from this place to this place. Not really. <laughs> I, it's like, but it got me into YNC, though. Mm. For any admissions officers watching, I'm, I'm, this is all satire. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I never really felt, like, any culture shock. It was more of the idea of, like, I have all these really good friends that I've made over the course of, like, three years, right? I've made, like, some pretty close bonds. And then I'm like, goodbye, right? And it's mm. it's, it's, it's very sad, you know? And, like, I mean, like, I have this one friend who um, I made in the Czech Republic, right? His name's Sivush. And he's from Tajikistan, right? Or, yeah, Tajikistan, yeah. And um, we've basically been, like, friends for the past, like, essentially, like, 10 years, right? Solely through the power of Skype and Minecraft. Like, wow. The internet is a beautiful place. So, I mean, like, it kind of got easier. Uh, as you moved right, as I moved right, because um, I would just basically like pick up these friends and just like put them on the internet and be like, "You are now my Instagram followers. I can DM you if you like." Mm. So yeah, but does it feel you know painful? Like, do you feel upset that moving? I mean, that that you're leaving all these like bonds behind. It's it varies a lot. I mean, in the last year of being in the US, I was very much so like, it's like I mean like. It was a, if you remember the summer of 2020 on the internet, in accordance <laughs> yeah. with America, I was kind of like, thank God I'm getting out of America, right? Like, I think at first I was like, America, like the, my general take on America, right, is like, it used to be at least that I was like, this place is a horrible hellscape, but I will be back one day and I will try to help it. Like, it's my country or something. I don't even have an American passport. And now it's kind of like, America's over there. I don't want to go back. Just <laughs> yeet away from here. Correct. Right. A new government. Mm, the, the new government. Mm. <laughs> Political podcast. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. do, do you have any, you know, we were talking about your experiences in, in you know, like various countries. Like, do you have any juicy tea that you're going to share with us? I remember I was uh, talking about the, the Korea The Korean story. one. Yeah. The Korea story. So, I mean, uh, I'm sorry to say that I don't really have any, like, I really don't have many, like, like, cultural specific stories about any of the places I've lived right because like I mean that would be really like like efficient right if I was just like in Korea no in like in like Mexico I have this story about um the Mexican cuisine no no not really it's kind of just like just random tidbits right but with Korea it's like very very random right because when I when I lived there I so I lived there for three years right when I was like 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 six to nine something like that I always forget the age but in those three years I had, um, so both my parents were working, right? Um, my mom was actually, 
it's it's very funny actually. My mom was an English teacher, and she was actually still like getting a grasp of English, mm-hmm. but because she was pale enough, she's she's Brazilian, right? So she's not like a white woman. But in Korea, they were like, "You are a white woman, right?" <laughs> <laughs> so, and they were like, "Would you like a job teaching English?" And she didn't speak like full English, right? So, like, the story goes essentially my mom was learning English with the children she was teaching, right? And my mom, like, it, w- it was crazy. I mean, like, I-, I love my mom. And she's, like, it was very cool, actually, being, like, seeing my mom just become, like, an English teacher. Even though she can she barely really speak. She can't really speak English <laughs> at that point, right? I mean, she, she speaks English, but it's um, it's not, like... I can teach a bunch of children how to speak this language type of thing, right? Mm. It's like, because I can say like a few words in Chinese. I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm ready to teach uh, Chinese 101, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, so it was, it was so weird because like, she was also like, oh yeah, the kids, you know, they barely, like after like, you know, like in retrospect, she was like, oh yeah, we talked to those kids and they didn't speak a word of English. I'm like, I wonder why, you know? But, uh, but she was a good teacher um, morally, I think. So good for her. But anyways, right. I... I had this uh, this nanny, right, who would take care of me when, like, you know, both my parents were working. And she was, like, deeply, deeply Catholic. And my family really isn't, like, that religious, right? Um, but she was like, Felipe, my son, I will bring you to Bible study. <laughs> and I was like, when I was, like, like eight years old, I was like, now why do my parents want to bring me to Bible study? You've never brought up the Bible before, right? Uh, but I just went I just went with it right because like she's like hey, your parents want you to go to Bible study I'm like really and then I went to Bible study and then every single time she would always like get me like McDonald's breakfast afterwards which is where the, the, the you know the fizzy drink I was talking about oh, you're right. the, the purple fizzy drink that's all I never spoke a word of this to my parents right <laughs> I was just like mm, purple fizzy drink mm. and then like I would go to Bible study and then one time, I think to reward me for being a really good, I don't know, devout boy, he, she brought me to like an indoor like fun park. So I was, so, I mean, being Catholic came with its perks, you know, like. <laughs> uh, she paid for it out of her own expense. I think so. I'm not sure what she was trying Whoa, to do. Oh, so she Imagine she charged your parents. I know, right? <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean. Wait, and your parents, she took you to all these places, like an indoor like park. And she, your parents had no idea that she was bringing you to Bible study the whole time. They never knew actually, right? And also one time she even brought me to bring her online, her like online dating boyfriend that she met, which was like this, Oy. this 80 year old white guy in an internet cafe. He was playing CSGO I remember right like and and like he was like nice to meet you Felipe I'm Norm and I'm like what Cora why did you bring me to see this <laughs> wait did you ever tell your parents about that so what happened was um, I genuinely thought that this was what they wanted right so uh, like I I left Korea and then we were like in like the Czech Republic or whatever and then one day I was like guys I was just really curious why did you guys make me go to Bible study all those years <laughs> and then they were like what <laughs> it's like what <laughs> like, uh, and then it, like it opened this Pandora's box right because they're like oh my god they were like oh my god I had no clue that for three years straight <laughs> that she was turning you Catholic but, but, but you've never like bought into it I, I mean I don't remember much of it I think I was very happy with the McDonald's breakfast oh mm. not so much the of course <laughs> I mean that's the it's just like it wasn't by faith alone it was by McDonald's right it's like you I mean I'm pretty sure any kid any religion right if you say if you say like I'll give you a happy meal if you if you attend this session for an hour that kid will be like of course mm. you could be like welcome to this death cult and it's like I don't care give me my McDonald's bro <laughs> 
I know when I was a kid, my parents used to bring me a lot to church. And like, you know, as a child, you don't really understand that the only thing that I looked forward to was eating the Holy Communion. It's <laughs> 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 not interesting. But yeah, what do you have? Um, actually, like, um, like you, you settled down, um, uh, as in you resettled a lot. So, um, how, how is it different from the European culture compared to the American culture? Actually, I'm very curious on that. Mm. Like, we always, always think like they are both westernized. I mean, those two are their... How do I say this, right? I think... What was it? Like, America and Europe are, like, obviously, like, two very different places, right? And I think what I can define Europe as is just, like, very old. And America is, like, very old, but with, like, a touch of, like, everyone's arguing all the time, right? Mm. Like, in Europe, it's... I don't know. My Like, one thing that comes up in Europe is, like, I think about my experience in Germany, right? And, um... I, I'm just like, there's so many castles. And like, you know, castles are beautiful. Don't get me wrong, right? But you see one German castle, you see all the German castles, right? They're all very similar. It's like uh, Castle von Lichtenstein and then Castle von Guggendorf. It's like, they're both like <laughs> made of, they're both made of like rocks. And then there's like a suit of armor inside there. And then sometimes there's like a piece of work that's been like, a piece of artwork that's been like passed down like 50 generations. And that's it. And my parents would go on, like, road trips for this, right? Mm. And then they would go, oh, my God. I remember when I was a kid, right? I'm a very big arts person, right? Mm. And I think it's, it is because of this, like, this kind of childhood experience of always being around, like, a lot of, like, art and culture. Not to sound pretentious, but, like, that essentially, right? But I, when I was young, I hated it. Because it was just, it was the same thing over and over again. My parents, like, they would, they would get the audio tours of, like, these places and mm. be like, step one. <laughs> Welcome to Versailles. This chair was sat in by Louis the Thirteenth. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was. I mean, like that's that's Europe for you, right? Just like kind of like old, very. I and mean, people love going there to be like, oh my god, look at the cool old things, right? America people kind of go there for like the idea of America. I think it's like they still have like the old timey thing, but that's mostly for like old white dudes to enjoy, right? Like. Mm-hmm like the Civil War reenactment center. It's like, I don't care, right? Mm. But you kind of go to America, you're like, oh my God, America's going to be just like I imagine America to be. And that's, I think, the reason why people like go there, right? I was super excited going from Mexico to the US, right? Because I was like, all these American snacks, I can finally eat them. Mm. And then they weren't even that good. It was like, ri- there's Rice Krispies everywhere. Like, it's not, it's not special. <laughs> like, I mean, th- th- that's just for like, for the food, right? But what do you think is the main difference or like some of the main differences between what people imagine of America and what living in America is actually like? I think people kind of like, because my friends especially, right? Like my roommate, like uh, I have one roommate called, like his name's William, right? No, it doesn't matter. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about it later. <laughs> no time. Um, Willie, and like William was like, oh man, I really have to get to the U.S., Almost like doing the William voice. It's and I'm like, why do you want to go to the US? It's like, cause America's America, bro. And I'm like, like I'm like, what do you know about America, right? Cause like the idea of America is kind of like this, oh, this chillax, mm-hmm. like laid back right. place yeah. with a lot of political strife all the time, yeah. right? But it, America is a very like it, when you take away all like the very stereotypical things, like you know, like like southern racism, which is in full effect, it's not it's not fake, <laughs> but like when you like kind of boil it down, America is just like another another random place, right? Especially since there's so much of it, it's very like it becomes kind of mundane in like the 
like like I'm so sorry for anyone who's listening to this and is in the is from the middle of America, but that's the most boring part of the world. I'm pretty sure, right? Because <laughs> there's like gas. Like what you see in the middle part is like gas stations, open fields, and then like I don't know, like scary monsters in the woods, right? Like people love America for the idea of like oh Miami, New York City, L.A., right? Because they have all like these cool music scenes. They have all these cool like like a lot of fashion and stuff is coming from like you know these places, right? A lot of pop culture in general. Mm-hmm. But when you get there, it's not like pop culture is like spilling out of the streets, right? For the most part, it's kind of like oh wow, this is really expensive. Like a burger is like 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 fifteen USD everywhere you go, right? Like, one one big difference between, like, I know I keep coming back to food. Like, maybe I'm just hungry. <laughs> but, like, the idea that, like, in the U.S., I would go on, like, a date with someone. And then, like, I would pay, like, $15 for, like, a sandwich. So, like, 18 sing. It's just, like, insane, mm-hmm. right? Like, I can get a plate of, like, not to be, like, the stereotypical international, but, like, a plate of chicken rice for, like, $3 here, right? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I guess at least you don't have to pay, like, half a million dollars just for a tiny apartment. <laughs> <laughs> in the U.S. or where? Singapore? Like, in the U.S. I was, oh, yeah, you know, when I first got here, I was like, you know, I'd love to live in HDB, right? And um, and then someone made me wear, like, you know, Philippe, you can't own one, right? I'm like, I can't own one? I was like, like what? what? <laughs> uh, then I realized, like, oh, wait, that's for the people who actually live here long term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, housing is expensive everywhere, though. Mm, yeah, it is. But, but what was like in Mexico? Like, was it very expensive there? I imagine probably not. Um, it depends because I think a lot of countries, right? Um, it's as expensive as you make it be, right? Because I have a lot of like like Yale and US kids. I like, just I'll get to Mexico in a moment. I have a lot of people here, right? Who are um, they're like, oh my god, Singapore is so expensive. Uh, but and they're like, oh my god, Singapore is so tiny and expensive. And that's because they have like one MRT trip, right? Which is Clemente. To Marina Bay Sands. And then they, like, they eat their, like, uh, hams and gluck and they're like, oh, my God, Singapore is so expensive. Like, it's in the same sense, like, if you want Mexico to be really expensive, mm-hmm. it will be really expensive. Like, if you stick around, like, the like the central area, of course, it'll be like, oh, this, like, Japanese restaurant is, like, um, I'm not sure what pesos translates into anyways. It's like, let's say, like, it's like, oh, this, like, restaurant's going to cost me, like, like $30 a plate. And it's like, oh, that's expensive. But I mean, like, if you're going in, like, local places, it's cheap, like, super cheap. Mm. I never really ate, I never really ate out that much in Mexico, though, because I had, like, the, remember the whole thing I was telling you about? Um, it was, uh, like, kind of like a security issue, right? So, I mean, like, it was kind of like inside mall restaurants for the most part. I you see. Know? Well, I guess, you know, one of the impressions that people get of Mexico like true or, or false or whatever is that it can be you know like you know when you think of Mexico from the media it's like crime or something you know so mm-hmm. what, what, what do you have any experiences with that um I think Mexico is a lot of countries right they're very explicitly like labeled as like, these are like the crime countries mm-hmm. and for a lot of like let's say like expats right um who no matter where they live they never live the culture right they kind of just like lived in like the expat community right they're like, this country is so dangerous, don't go outside, right? And Mexico is definitely one of those countries, right? It's, But it's not... I think Mexico is as dangerous as you make it be, right? Because, like, there, like, there's this one story that gets... Circ- like, I mean, like, in my family, this gets, like, gets, like brought up every once in, a, once in a while, right? There was this guy in Mexico City, right? This, like, Holland... Like, this Dutch guy, right? Who went jogging around, like, the CBD area, right? Wearing, like, a golden Rolex and just his, like, workout clothes, Right? And then someone pulled a gun on him and was like, give me your Rolex, right? And he said, 
no. And they just shot him and he died, right? Whoa. So that's, when you hear that story, you're like, Mexico must be the most dangerous place on earth. If you're, (sighs) abreast in peace, that man. But like, if you're stupid, then yes. Like, if you make the, like, the wrong choices and you wear, like, very expensive clothes Mm, outside, someone who wants your Rolex will be like, give me your Rolex. But if you're, like, just existing in Mexico during the daytime, it's by no means, like, hyper-dangerous. It's like, um, like you know, like, PvP-enabled zones, like, in video games, right? Mm. Where, like, you know, other players can fight other players. It's not like that, right? It's, people are just living their lives, and for the most part, they'll ignore you. Unless you're, like, very, like, no one's gonna, like, be like, hey, give me that. Unless it's an actual criminal, right? It's, um, it's a very, it, it always depends. Like, no matter where you are. Okay, I think moving into a little bit of a different area. <laughs> um, how how I mean you you studied for the last four years in the US, right? Correct, so yeah. um, how do you how do you what's how how do the uh, educational systems in the different countries compare? I so for the most part I was in international schools, right? Until the US when I went to an American public school. Right? So um it was so for the most part it was like a bunch of british people just teaching me things right mm-hmm. which is i think the best way i could describe the british education system right um where it's just like um, you will learn proper english right and then like we'll teach you it was it was crazy when i lived in mexico right, i went to the school called green gates right and it was the i think academically speaking the most difficult time of my life right like College is difficult and all, but the the pure stress of being in in this like international like British school right was was horrible. Like I had um these exams right. There was like I was like thirteen years old right, and there was these exams that would just like um there would be eight subjects, and there would be eight exams on like a set of like on like I think like a set of like three days right. And you would all sit outside in like the in like the patio, right? And you would st- you would study nonstop. And then they would say like, "Class, the math test is starting." And you'd all rush into like the auditorium, right? And you'd have to take that exam, and th- you'd have to take that exam sitting there, then come back and then prepare for the next one, right? Ooh. And it was horrible. There was like I remember the math one, right? Um, it was hard. Yeah, it was like they're teaching like trigonometry to like twelve year olds. Not not very what? nice of them. Yeah, bad time. Even right. by Singaporean standards, that's insane. Yeah. yeah, it was it was very strange, right? Um, and like there would be kids who after the test they would just there was like a group of people huddling together crying because they're like, yeah. I don't understand what trigonometry is. You're twelve. It makes sense. Yeah. Right. But I mean that's that's my experience with like with the uh, the international British system, right? The American system was actually kind of like a, would I say a weight off my chest? A little bit. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, America was like, oh, my, my parents will like, will slap me for this, right? Because like, I would always tell them like in the first year, they were like, wasn't this so difficult? And I was like, no, because the British system was harder. They're like, Felipe, this is American high school. Are you discounting the system? I'm like, yes, I am. Because <laughs> like, like Americans, they... Like education is like your ch- like a choose your own adventure book, right? Because if you like if you're in America and they're like they're they're gonna be like, do you want to be in like math honors or math it? Like do you want to be in like regular math or math honors? And if you choose regular math, the path four years down the road is like you are doing baby math, and these kids are doing like calculus and like statistics, right? So I mean, like it got progressively harder over time, mm-hmm. but like I don't know, the American system is just quite strange. It's uh, 
I can't really describe it very well because it's kind of like, like I said, like choose your own adventure book, right? And ultimately speaking, it was just me. Yeah, well, I, 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 that's the end of my my response because <laughs> I can't even remember. <laughs> <sighs> okay, maybe one last question because yes, I yes. think we're running out of time. Okay, so like as you said, you've been uh, moving around quite a bit. So do you have like an ideal place that you will eventually want to call home or settle down? Um. I think once again it's kind of like the same question it's the same question of like what's your favorite place right because mm. like I'm like I would love to live in America or I'd love to live in Mexico and now it's like I'd love to live in Singapore because like I like Singapore a lot right I mean the the school closing and everything has been like a big downer and it's been it's been like making me reconsider but I really do like Singapore and I can see myself living here like more long term than four years right <laughs> If the Singaporean government's listening, please give me a pink IC. That's all I want, right? Like, let me live here long term. So, I mean, I would say that or, um, I don't know, maybe somewhere. I think, like, I I don't like the idea of living in one place or settling down, right? Because I think places do get, let's say get boring. You get used to places very easily, right? So, I think I'd want to just keep moving around. Like, I've never lived in, like, like the Middle East, right? Mm. I think that would be nice. Like my my grandfather's Lebanese, right? I don't speak like a word of Arabic in the slightest, but you know I, I might be learning next sem, so see how, right? Um, I have too many languages I need I need to learn to be viable in this in this brand new world that we're all creating together, smiley face. But I mean, yeah, see how. Um, it's yeah. I mean, like I think I just like moving around a lot. I see. Well, thank you so much for coming to our show to speak today. I, we certainly learned, you know, learned a lot from you, and we'll definitely have a lot to recap uh, next week. But um, seeing that the time is up, you know, we uh, will have to unfortunately say goodbye. Mm. So this is Douglas, Malaveka, and Matthew here, and as our, and most importantly, our guest Felipe, Felipe for this episode. See you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.